0: Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast all about the stories, the happenings, the history, and the latest, the pulse of this vibrant wine country doing it more authentic than anyone around right now in the game, a place we call Paso Robles. And I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Before we get into today's show, I was doing a cork dork show at World of Pinot Noir a little over a week ago. And two listeners of the podcast, Jim and Rebecca, they come up to me with this beautiful suitcase. See, Jim works with Fly With Wine. You can find them on Insta at Fly With Wine. And then go to flywithwine.com if you want to see everything they do. These beautiful suitcases that allow you to travel with wine. You could take all the the stuff that the wine fits in perfectly out and just use it as a great high-end suitcase. But these things are beautiful, incredible, durable. They actually had it personalized. They customized this and it has the Where Wine Takes You logo on it. And they roll this thing up, surprise me with it. I put it on my Instagram. It was the it was the neatest thing. And they just love the podcast, showed so much love for what we're doing over here. It was so sweet. I had to thank them. Flywithwine.com if you want to learn more. I'd love to get them, talk about them more here, maybe give one of these away or something. It is the coolest thing. And then he opens it up, he opens up the suitcase, and he had talked to a bunch of friends in the room. And got them to give wine. So he opens it up. It's already got wine in there. Blew my mind. So sweet. So generous. And what a cool, cool product. Flywithwine.com. Get these suitcases. If you like wine, you want to go somewhere, and you want to travel and bring wine home, this is the way to do it. Or maybe you work in the biz and you're going to be bringing wine to an event, I'm telling you, this is the way to do it. You could throw this thing down a thing of stairs, and this wine is going to be fine. It's incredible. So flywithwine.com, and and hopefully maybe we can work with these guys in the future, maybe bring one on here uh, for a prize, a contest, I don't know. But flywithwine.com. Thanks, Jim and Rebecca. Well, today we got a show that is chock full of personality, grit, hustle, and the stories are so unique you almost feel like there has to be a little luck, but I'm not so sure. In fact, when you hear the uh, tenacity of both these guests, you know luck played no role. Today's two guests, so sure of their path at a young age, did everything they could to grab on and assure for themselves they were to achieve exactly what they set out to do. It's pretty cool. Uh, both these paths, these guests, these roads traveled so different. I mean, couldn't be more their own. But paths that nonetheless crossed each other and in a really cool way that only life can do when you let it. When you live life, believing not only do unicorns exist, but potentially run in herds. Later, we're going to meet the owner of Epic Estate Wines, Bill Armstrong. When I first met Bill years ago, it was as just that, the owner of Epic. But there's many more layers to Bill, his history, his journey. He's a geologist. And no, it's not lost on me that I could have just already made any number of layers, jokes in there. But I spared you that for now. He's also a wildcatter. The term dates from the early oil industry. Oil wells in unproven territory where they didn't know if there was oil at all were called wildcat wells from the mid-1870s. And those who drilled those wells were called wildcatters incredibly risky stuff and with his small private 12-person team of geologists they did the unthinkable something the big dogs didn't even do and hit the third biggest discovery in american history like recently in the last several years bill puts it in context
1: in a way that those of us that love wine might understand to put it in context in the wine world this would be the equivalent of getting number 1 wine in in the world have my picture on the cover of uh, wine spectator Having Robert Parker the same day give me five one hundred point scores and being and, on the Where Wine Thinks podcast and, and, and then be, of course that was be the, the biggest part of it and then I'd even argue that it would be like the new James Bond movie where uh, Daniel Craig instead of orders a martini he says you know I'm going to skip the martini let's get a bottle of Epic yeah I mean, that, would be, <laughs> that, so that cool. would be the day you know cuz so this it, it, was just, a, wow this was just a feat
0: beyond is this will, will this and has this been your career highlight mm-hmm. this is what you dreamt of at sixteen yeah yeah. More with Bill Armstrong in a bit. First, and actually because of Bill, I got a chance to meet and chat with Baltimore Ravens wide receiver James Prochet, 25 years old, drafted in 2020. His SMU highlight reel is nuts. Go YouTube this guy. Well, after he met and got to know Bill, he wanted to know more about wine and actually asked to intern at Epic. Now, Bill said yes, but he was going to have to do real work, 18 bucks an hour, and he be working. I've heard a lot about him. And I was able to have some lunch with him, get to know him a bit. I showed up to Epic Estate Wines, Georgie and I, and we have a vertical setup of my favorite wine. And I come to learn his favorite too Block B Syrah, baby. So give me that moonshine,
2: we'll get by, we'll pass on until the job is done. out in the trees, it will simplify good company.
0: All right, cheers, my man. Yes, sir, my man. Appreciate okay. you. So, how long have you? How long have you known about Paso?
3: Paso uh, a year since he told me yeah. uh, that I could come intern here. Yeah, I didn't really know when he was talking about one country. I remember the first few months I would say, Oh yeah, I'm going to Napa, I'm going to Napa, I'm going to Napa. And I had no idea Paso existed. But you know, now you know I gotta put some respect on Paso, you know. That's my dog.
0: I mean for real, right? Because exactly. I mean and I know that, that Napa may have like, you know, 30 years in front of us, mm-hmm. but
3: it's just a time, yeah, that's all it is.
0: Time. But it's like I don't think this is ever gonna become all we've gotten really popular and we've gotten no, really Paso,
3: hot. No, Paso is Paso. It's yeah. not to be Napa. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Paso Is password, and I love that about it. Like, and I love it because, like, I get to be myself here. I don't have to act like I'm some some, sommelier. You know, people are, really like, easygoing, like, really, uh, you know, everybody's like trying to teach you, trying to help you. So, you know, I really appreciate it.
0: Did you know a lot about wine before this, or what?
3: I mean, I knew the word sommelier, uh, just as a joke. I knew, um, I don't know. I didn't know. I, no, I really didn't. No, yeah, I didn't. Just what my mom would would, would teach me. So it
0: tell is. me what mom taught you about wine. Uh,
3: Does she I mean, like I wine? Does she like what did she she's like? She's not. You know. Uh, I think it's called Moscato. I
0: think that's yeah, what it's yeah. Uh, it comes it's like, it's a, like a sweet white.
3: Yeah, it comes in like a blue bottle. Already yeah, or uh-huh. like Yeah, so that was a that was her thing, and um, yeah, I didn't really try anything other than the Block V, which
0: would that's quite it's, it's quite a it's crazy, yeah, <laughs> quite crazy. a vast difference.
3: Yeah, so um, like, and I've tried other little, you know, gas station wines. Sure, you know and just in college, but. No not give me a headache, or whatever. So uh-huh. I wouldn't really. I'll kind of turned off from like that type of stuff. And then he showed me the block B and kind of started explaining more.
0: I mean, block a, B is like my favorite. It's like my favorite um, wine. Yeah, around. Syrah
3: is ridiculous. And now I'm, you know, being up here. I've, oh, I knew I like block B. I was like, okay, I like that one. I don't know what it's in it. I like it though. I'm like, oh no, I know Syrah's in it. Yeah, I just getting I know what tannins are. Uh huh. You know, and this is and that. And we went. Um, we did some pruning. You know, I'm saying of some of the uh, the blocks. It was pretty cool, bro. Yes, yeah, so you're
0: like, really getting a, like a chance, to, like dig into how this is actually made. Exactly. I just think it's so cool that somebody who has a totally different trajectory is like, hey, I want to, I want to be over here and learn some about this. And it's not like because I saw pictures, Bill sent me pictures, and we're going to talk about that relationship with you and Bill in a second. Yeah. Um, but he showed me pictures of you running up Patereski. Like, I mean, oh, you've yeah. been you've been keeping your workout strong. And- oh yeah, I got to
3: get it in, bro. Like, yeah. I get like, uh, like anxious when I'm not like when I'm feeling like I'm stagnant or I'm not doing. That, I'm chilling too much or like I'm not. Work- I feel like I'm not working hard enough or I might like see somebody else like oh they ain't really getting it like I get like All right, I gotta go harder yeah. you know what I'm saying so I always I'll always gotta be on
0: it do you still always. feel that even after getting into the NFL or do you feel it like even renewed because I mean like look at you were, you know you're star here yeah. you go to S I've seen your highlight reels from SMU Appreciate they're it, nuts yeah, I mean so. they're nuts and I mean you're really beginning in your like your your NFL career right now and what a weird time yeah. to come I mean, you're drafted in the middle of a pandemic
3: yeah, yeah. no nah, it was it was crazy man like but no nah, to answer your first question like it makes me only wanna like go harder just because like Getting there is cool, you know what I'm saying. I think it's honestly, I don't say easy to get to NFL, but if you got the right mindset, the right habits, it is easy to you'll get there. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, no, you would. No, nah, you you can't, you like, would. You no, know, anybody would, like I, it's not just NFLs with like any. Any field. Anything any subject, you have your eye on. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you really, like... We don't give ourselves no credit. It's, like, just human beings. Like, if you really focus hard enough... Like, the only reason we don't achieve certain things is distractions. You know what I'm saying? Other, You know, there's things you can't control. Like, uh, you know, in my field, there's injuries and, you know, all types of stuff. But That's it, scary you know at all? No, nah, because you can't control it. I don't, I don't worry about it. If you can't control it, it's not... Why? Why worry about it? So yeah.
0: Well, but, you can be running with the ball and like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide out right here because I see that guy coming. Or like, I mean,
3: nah, that's not. No, it's just you're just playing ball at that, at that point. You're not really worried about that type of stuff. Well, yeah. I don't. You know, I can only speak for myself. Yeah, but
0: dude, I remember the first time I ever seen anybody do anything one handed. It was Kevin Mitchell mm-hmm. catching that one famous catch. It was baseball, oh, of course. Yeah, Kevin Mitchell that one handed catch. Dude, I, your SMU reel is just like it's like all you do is catch balls one handed yeah. and like off in the most awkward way. Like, yeah. you were in some weird-ass positions, and you will bring that ball in. I was just like, dude, these hands are nuts.
3: Yeah, dude, it's, it's like I joke with my uncle all the time. Like, you know, Thor got his hammer, you know, I got my hand. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just something like I've always done. Like, my granddad actually Tells me this story, like when I was like six or seven years old, like when I was playing baseball, they hit like a pop fly and center, and like I, you know, ran it down and like Willie Mays it I wish he would have got on video because I, I guess I believe him now since I'm doing the stuff I'm doing, but it's just repetition. You know, I've been doing the same, all every catch I've ever made, I did in practice a thousand times before that. So that's just, really cool. Yeah, that's really it, man.
0: And then when you look at when you once you get and you break into a whole nother realm. I mean, the NFL is like, I mean that that herd is so thin Mm -hmm. but then once you're in that herd i imagine that's a such a different lifestyle you got contemporaries where maybe now we're all we're talking about is cars and and the the luxury lifestyle why did you decide to get into wine like what what was it about getting into that like into that realm and being like hmm what were some of the other objects of my desire
3: well this kind of started all the way back to my freshman year at smu i took a prw class in a uh, personal readiness and wellness or something like that you know something like that and this was the second semester and we're getting ready to go on spring break and kids were talking about oh uh, you know i'm going to do this i'm going to condo in Chicago I'm going to Italy I'm going to Spain I'm going to San Diego you doing all these cool things that like we 18 19 years old and I'm going back home to grind I gotta work out I gotta get ready you know what <laughs> saying? we got spring ball coming up but just seeing like that like in like learning what like what their parents do I'm like oh okay like I see y'all y'all freshmen driving g-wagons and mercedes and all types of stuff like you know i got my little what i have back then? oh my little uh little Acura. It was like a 2001 Acura. you know paint chipping off but you know it got me a to b they run forever though He's super great <laughs> you know? but no this that like it just kind of sparked my interest man like i was like oh dang it's a lot more out here than you know just what i'm doing you know and i already i feel not that i have this whole thing figured out like but i think i got the the habits and tools to, you know, keep doing this football thing for a long time, you know, you know, God willing. So I just kinda wanted to like, you know, expand, man. And then meeting Bill and you know, uh, things like that, like just kind of fuel my you know my, my hunger for uh, you know just learning and just diversifying myself
0: so bill armstrong the owner of uh, epic estate wine is actually going to be a guest on this podcast we've already recorded nice also went to smu right
3: yes sir Follow and that's up. how you met him yes sir yes indeed
0: okay so this is what when i was texting him and he's been talking to me about you for a while off and on <laughs> but i said hey beyond the stuff you've already offered and beyond the stuff of what i've like i've googled and i've youtubed to meet you today like give me a little bit on on James, and he's like, hmm, Prochet is a special dude. He's from South Dallas, raised by his mom and his grandma. They are awesome, strong gals. He was a major talent at SMU. Best hands, tons of catches, tons of receiving records, major catches in major games. SMU was one of the best schools in the country. A smallish school with great academics located in the middle of one of the most vibrant cities in the U.S., Dallas. Strong academics, strong athletics, lots of school pride. Prochet was an unlikely kid to thrive there, but he did. He embraced SMU. It changed his life. And he, conversely, he made and is making SMU a a better place. Almost the same pick in the draft as Tom Brady. Great hands, great route runner, great work ethic, tough as nails, a huge heart, a winner, and a total baller. Great teammate and an inspiration to his teammates. He wanted to learn about wine and asked me if he could come work for Epic but start at the bottom. Which just by that, I think that is just so cool. I of course said yes as long as he was an intern and learned from the beginnings. 18 an hour, cleaning glasses, (laughs) mucking out horse stalls, trimming vines, Etc. Yeah. A humble start for an NFL up and comer making a bunch of money. So it shows his humbleness and his work ethic. Seriously, a renaissance man in the NFL, an inspiration. He has become like a son to me. We met, played catch, shared life stories, and just connected. Mm-hmm. An unlikely pair for sure, but we are super close and with a strong feeling of mutual respect and love for each other. Does any of that help? Don't be afraid to give him some shit. He has a great <laughs> sense of humor. Oh, that's sweet. Don't hit my guy up,
3: man. He's if anyone
0: wrote that. that about me,
3: yeah. Like how
0: good does that feel to like that's so cool.
3: Bro, feelings mutual man. Like he's been him and Liz have uh, been a huge blessing in my life. Just knowledge and love, you know, and that's something I can really appreciate. Authenticity, you know, especially in, you know, the just the field I'm in, you know, being a professional athlete, you kind of get a lot of, you know, fakeness. And uh, you just got to be aware to see it. And they've been nothing but authentic with me since, you know, my sophomore, junior year, you know, something like that. Uh, so I'm just super grateful for them.
0: So when you get into the NFL, is there like aspects of it that are like are filled with anxiety and like, I need a business manager. I need someone to help me manage my money. Uh, like, I, I'm, I mean, if I came into, mm-hmm. a, if, if my paycheck started going from here to like here, like yeah. to that different, to that differentiation, mm-hmm. I'd be like Adam don't be a bad boy Like See, I mean I, This could go badly Nah
3: dude. bro I'm like super cheap bro That's you amazing know, See, Adam, yeah. I, if,
0: You know I mean I, I do buy Charmin Ultra Red oh, At yeah. the house You gotta have the good stuff I gotta you have know, the good you, stuff and You, like, like, you don't
3: need A lot of stuff That we think we need you Right know Like I like my, my sneakers You know that's my thing Okay But other than that Like either you can get it free Like somebody you know Has it or you just don't need it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like so I kind of keep that mindset. Like but other than that, as far as like like you, you know we get financial advisors, you know yeah. SMU guy. Uh I've I took a lot of meetings. You know, Bill, he's giving me a lot of knowledge sure. as far as like Listen. Listen him. Come on now. You know he seems like, to know, you know what, what, what he's saying? talking yeah. about.
0: And he's a good so, leader.
3: Exactly, man. You know. He's real personable, you know what I'm saying? So he has like that that great bout, ba- Like bro, we like that is my dude. Bro. Yeah. Like my. And I ask him niece, some of the things you know? like
0: you know, when you hit a certain level, like, is there, like, a certain project? When you signed, mm-hmm. did, was it, like, did you go out and get a car? Did you go, did you get anything? Like, a, just a little, like, mm, mm, uh, feeling
3: this. I mean, I got a car, but it's not, like, I got a little Blazer, Chevy Blazer. But my grandma works for the dealership, and, you know, we got a bunch of family discounts. Yeah. And, you know, I got it for the, I didn't, if I couldn't get, got that deal, I was not going to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that was, like, my thing I kind of gave to myself. Other mm-hmm. than that, uh, Dude, I, I like. Like generational wealth is like my thing, you know what I'm saying. Me and uh, my brother is all we're always talking about that, bro. We gotta, you know, this is the generation we're gonna change our family's life, change the outlook, change. How'd the you heat. grow up? Um, you know, not 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 bad. My grandma stayed with me, uh, uncle. Like we all kind of, it was a a village, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. So we um. We got it. Like, I, I never wanted for anything, ate every day. You know yeah, what I'm sure. Saying? My mom, like, huge blessing. You know what I'm saying? Worked her ass off. Grandma, everybody worked their ass off. So, you know, I just, I got to focus. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, never went out without a meal. Never.
0: When you're in these new spaces mm-hmm. and the conversations among your contemporaries are maybe luxury items or this mm-hmm. or that or, or we're splurging on things, yeah. like how did you how did you kinda like, you know, how do you stay grounded and be well, like, okay, I'm gonna Like my reputation
3: is the cheap guy, you know what I'm saying? I, that, I gotta stay with it now. Yeah, yeah. I can't change, I can't switch up, you know what I'm saying? So I guess it's a good reputation to have. So.
0: When you get when you get into the NFL and is it almost like you know, we always talk about and this happened think of how many times this happened in our life. You get through Elementary school, mm. and you're like, oh my god, I'm a fifth grader, I'm like right, the top right, dog. Right. And then you get into junior high, and you're like, nothing again. Yeah. Then you're in eighth grade, and it's all good, and you become a freshman in high school. You know, Same thing know. happens to college. So when you get in the NFL, Obviously, to a certain extent, you mm-hmm. can say you have arrived. But right. is there still that hunger? This like I got to prove this. I got to do X, Y, Z.
3: Yeah, you got to do something. Like it's cool getting there. Like, like it's cool that you have your own show, your own radio show, your own podcast. That's cool. But what are you going to do with it? You yeah. And so I don't. I don't want to be just a number. Like, oh, he was cool. He got there. Like, I want to leave impact. I want to inspire. Like, like I said, this. This is a, my first interview with the Ravens. Like, they're going to write "Competitor" on my gravestone. Like, that's what I do. Like, I compete in anything. Love to do it like that's gets my endorphins going you know yeah so like i just want to like i'll just leave my mark man you know like be remembered for something uh, you know bigger than me
0: how do you balance the competitiveness game day against the other team versus like practice 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 and competing kind of with all
3: no, your no boys balance. there right there's no balance like it's always compete yeah you know what i'm saying like always best of what
0: i'm doing with who's ever around me exactly whoever's
3: mm-hmm. like whether it's lamar jackson or uh georgie sitting right here you yeah know what I'm saying? whoever's in front of me or whoever's we got you gotta, got no competition is, with georgie is, is it yeah, I georgie know, wins I know,
0: yeah, <laughs> he's got your girl exactly wrapped bro. around his finger <laughs> exactly bro. lost that already but yeah bro, it's, it's just about yeah like, like
3: I don't know, man. I just gotta compete, man. And people know that about me. Like my best friends, like both my best friends, Xavier Jones, who plays for Rams, and Rodney Clemens, play for the Titans. We've like like real life brothers. Like a walk in my house, no key. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? like they good. Like we fought like just off competition, like fist fight, draw drawing blood. Yeah. And then rode home in the same cars together. Like it's just yeah. That's just
0: did you go watch your boy play the Super Bowl? Oh
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was, it was it was wonderful, bro. um It really brought me to tears, man. Just because I know his journey. You know what I'm saying? What he been through and to like he's a world champion like he's one of the best football players in the world right now and if y'all knew his story man like it'd be it'd be amazing man like i'm just so grateful like
0: are you in seats or are you in a box oh, no, no, on no. the I, sidelines I, no, or what no,
3: no. i had to told you, mr cheap had to sell those tickets for sure and got got that bread needed that yeah and then uh i was at a we were, we were shop eight man. we were in like a little penthouse watching it. <laughs> Yeah, nice. It was nice. It was good. That's vibes. so cool. Good box.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! The For Super sure, Bowl. You yeah. been to Super Bowl before?
3: No, nah, man. I, went, I my first time going to the Super Bowl. I was playing it, so That's, yeah. that's kind of why I sold them. That's I cool. Like,
0: it's cool, like. I like that.
3: It'd have been cool, but I gotta play, bro. No, I hear God's you, it, bro. Yeah,
0: God. I mean, um, I think of just like, and it's so stupid to even say this, but I, because I'm great at putting my foot in my mouth, I'll just do it anyways. <laughs> but like when you were a kid, and you're like playing pickup ball and playing football at the park, and like I, that's what I did. And you mm-hmm. look at me now; it might not look like that because I don't look <laughs> like you. But like I would run, I would like just dive overhead mm-hmm. catches. Mm-hmm. And like, when you did that, even at like Rancidobe Park, yeah. you felt like a million bucks. Hundred
3: oh, percent, bro. I have scars still from those days. Right? Like, Isn't that funny? You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, like, like I was in the Super Bowl,
0: uh-huh. right? And you and you would put that much heart exactly, in it,
3: exactly, bro. And
0: exactly. you go home with like scuffed up or bleeding, and you're just like, exactly. that, was, that was it, like, yeah. that's all I need to
3: do it again the next day, uh-huh. exactly.
0: Bro. So, but then, then, then you start doing it, and like, you know, like I said, your highlight reel at SMU, like, Bill sent me a video, and then I just kept you know, like, you get on YouTube and then you'll yeah. just start digging deep, rabbit, rabbit hole, rabbit hole yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I'm like, You are so much fun to watch catch a fucking football, Appreciate it, bro. like, it's <laughs> so fun,
3: yeah. That's I don't know, man. I think that's my job as a wide receiver is Receive the football. Yeah. If the quarterback took his time to go through his reads and he was like, you know what? James is over there. Let me throw it to him. The least I can do is catch it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So
0: that's
3: what we're doing, bro. That's what we're doing.
0: I like that. Um, the wine mm-hmm. it's like you meet the owner of epic mm. thank god epic wine doesn't suck right man because was- i mean like you're you, you come into paso one of like the most beautiful wineries most high-end wines
3: this is, this is like my friends were down here visiting uh, a few weeks ago and i didn't realize like i was talking i was talking but like i don't know i was just in paso and i'm all around, around the wine i'm starting talking about sarahs and gsms and <laughs> and uh tannins and all, all types of stuff and they're like what I'm like, yeah. Oh my bad, bro. My bad. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> no, nah, it's pretty cool, bro. Like, like just being up here with my girl, like learning this stuff, man. Like this is a whole new world. Like, I, and
0: and that's what's so cool that you were just about to like. You just wrapped
3: your arms around it. Mm-hmm, like, cause, like, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know. It's a cool thing to do. Like a lot of kids from, I don't know, man. I just, it's something about like, I, I don't know. God gives me like these like. I don't know, like it is the intuition of like things to do and like this just felt so right, you know. Like I was just super interested, like wasn't anything like I tried investment in banking last summer. Investment banking and that was that wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? Like I No. I couldn't do that.
0: So, Let me see your hands. Uh, no, because, Oh, yeah. no, they are. Look at because everyone says I got big hands. I mean, they're bigger so, for my size, like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, you're, what, you're 5'11"? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 6, so yeah. I'm not much taller than you. Yeah, so,
3: yeah, they, they're straight.
0: Yeah, yeah I'd say, yeah.
3: Yeah, but it's for more claws, like, bro, like, bro, it's claws
0: like... Claws, bro, right there.
3: It's like, because, you know, linemen have big hands, but they can't always catch. It's more like hand-eye coordination, yeah. you know what I'm saying? so. Like, see ball, get ball type of thing.
0: It's got to be cool that there's, like, a bunch of tape on you. Like, do you oh, go yeah, back yeah. Later, Because, like, I'm in, in radio, like, yeah. if I do something really funny yeah. on the radio, it's like, God, I hope I was recording that. Exactly. Because, or else, that's just, like, exactly. out in the ether and it's gone, you know? I'm definitely glad I play
3: this type of style. Like, I play a big, like, I have, a, like, big highlight plays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I'm in the social media age. So, like... Every catch I make is going to get like some type of play, you know. What I'm yeah. So uh, I'm in the perfect. And
0: your feet too, like a lot of these catches that I've seen you do, these ones where you're right on the sideline, you just got like a toe in before you go out. I mean,
3: nah, bro, that's, just, that's a part of the they call you know Tony Toe Tap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To so, Antonio uh, Brown. You dance I, I, good? I, no, man, I have no rhythm. It's no like, rhythm at all. You know, black guy can't dance. My girl over here shaking her head.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw yeah.
3: that. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I wish. I wish I could dance, bro. Like.
0: I wish I could sing. What else do you wish you could do? Dude, it's funny that you say that. I,
3: I think I've told you I would. You know, I hope my coaches don't hear this. Yeah. But like, let's go back. I wouldn't even be playing football right now if I could really got some pipes. I could really sing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm singing. Uh huh. Like,
0: what are we talking about? I know. Like, I'm singing and dancing. Who would you sing like? I would. I would sing some R and right. I would sing like some Luther. Okay. Like just I like. like that. Yeah, 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 You know, I mean, or I don't know. I just love R and B music. Legend. Of you course. You like John Legend. Yeah. yeah. See,
3: if I'm picking one, it's this is dude name. Um, Kaleem Taylor, he's he's pretty good. Go really, I'm ball. gonna look him up. Yeah, look him up. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I gotta play this for you. I'm gonna get you right. Don't even worry. Yeah, out. good. I
0: mean, I'm thinking of, like we're giving away tickets to Leon Bridges on my show right Ooh, now. It's fire. Dude, he's at the Santa Barbara Bowl coming up. Oh yeah. Let so you let me know. You want to come back out here in in September? I'll hook you up. I'll be in season. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm be in season. Yeah, All right. You gotta know, so get it. me some tickets then. Come on.
3: Yeah, let's do it. I'm. Yeah, a, bro. Listen, I. We good now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bill introduces, you know what I'm saying? We enjoying some wine. You know what I'm saying? Interacting, you know what and I'm you're saying? Like Spreading th- love. Focus on getting better each day. And that's something i really like took to heart. Like getting better each Bro, because... think about this. Okay, I love explaining this. So Go ahead. we got today, right? Yeah. There's something you want to do. Say I want to be s let's talk about we talking about wine, I want to be a Somali there. there uh-huh. If I, you know, went home and studied, right? Like dang after night, you know, I'm like, dang, I I still don't kinda get it, right? But after putting all my effort into this one thing Today I go to sleep. Tomorrow I do it again. Tomorrow next day I do it again. Boom, boom, boom goes on. Now three months you've done that every day and putting your whole mindset into it every day. You'll be way better off. You know what I'm saying? Like just maximizing each day, each day, each day, each day. And like once I, I got addicted to that, like coffee, you know what I'm saying? Like almost like a drug. Like because mm-hmm. even if I didn't feel good, you know what I'm saying? Like physically, I know mentally like. You know, if I didn't do that that day or I skipped out that day, it was going to throw me off for, you know, all the progress I've built up. So all about stacking days, bro. It's this book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. I'm um, Go read
0: it. Okay. It's a great book.
3: Yeah, go read it.
0: You taste these three different block bees. Do you have like a favorite so far?
3: Man, um, when, when I'm you to, w- I'm starting to appreciate the age. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I really like the 16. Uh-huh. Uh Sherman, uh, the assistant tasting room manager in the tasting room with I like beef. him. Sherman's great. Yeah, great dude, man. He really explained it as far as like taking off the edges of the wine. So like taking a, a box and turning to a sphere. Yeah. So the smoothness it develops uh, like as it ages. Like 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 I wasn't looking at that before. I was just drinking wine. You know yeah. What I'm right,
0: so, right. 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 Right.
3: Like, just the detail that they're teaching me, man, bro, it's been, it's been amazing. It, started, it makes you appreciate it more.
0: Appreciate Have you started it. to kind of like branch out and taste some other wines in Paso or in oh, the yeah, area? Yeah,
3: Herman Story. Uh, cool. Yeah, Jesse. Uh, you,
0: over meet, there. you meet Russell?
3: I don't think I met Russell. Oh, yeah, too. You would have remembered Russell. if you met him. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I ordered some wine from there. Um, Eric at a Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, I ordered uh, some of their cab, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Eric's been a huge help out here for me. You, know, you like, met him? Yeah. Great guy. out up there. Just you know, Oh, nice. Yeah, teaching me some knowledge about, you know, the wine industry and just, you know, business overall. You know, Bill connected us. For sure. Shout out to Bill. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, Niner. Oh, my gosh. Niner has great wines and great food. Mm-hmm. I ordered some of theirs. Uh, Oh, what's crazy is my agency sent me some Austin Hope's wine before I even came out here. You know, yeah. I saw Apostle Robles. like, Oh, that's cool. I'm wonder if that's near where I'm going. Great guy. You love Austin. Yep. I said I heard he. You know, he's a pretty good dude. But yeah, yeah. The great. Um, man, there's just so many great wines. I, harvory, like, I'm telling you, dude. And is it like something about like the. Uh, terrain here or whatever it's weird. I don't know. what is it like is what it, i always say is, is like close you, to water or
0: yeah i mean obviously i think ocean influence or any kind of marine influence mm-hmm. always kind of like tells the story with wine right but you have this uh, beach breeze that comes in from the ocean the templeton mm-hmm. gap comes through here mm-hmm. and what paso has better than anyone else i think in california maybe the world is the diurnal shift so okay. the the farthest difference between the coldest part of the day and the warmest part of the day right right i mean right, we'll right. be here during the fair during the summertime you'll be here it's like 109 mm-hmm. and and then it'll cool off to like fifty-five, sixty at night. So you have a big difference. The grapes love that. Right, right, right. And then of course, I mean, we got great soils, we got great climate, we got great topography. I mean, look at these hills out here out the window. Man. But then we have honestly, I think the missing link mm-hmm. is the people here. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I yeah, think yeah. people is really part of like the terroirs, they mm-hmm. say, like that time and place and exactly. that sense of place. Exactly. And the people in like Paso and the Central Coast are really I mean, that's why it's like we're so lucky to have, like, a Bill Armstrong yeah, in this yeah. area and all the people that work here, and he just fits so well. And exactly. it was really cool to have, like, someone like you come up here so you could, like, get a taste of what these people are like and oh, then, dude, you know that, what I mean? Man.
3: Like, like you look at, like, I was talking about, you know, Bill and Eric, you know, those are both, you know, I don't know, you know, but they got a lot. Yeah, they yeah, lot, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know, you know, they got how, things dialed in. Exactly how down to earth and real, how humble they are. You know what I'm saying? How easy going? Like that stuff's inspiring, man. Like uh-huh. you got everything in the world, and but like you act like you don't. You know what I'm saying?
0: You run into like Bill Armstrong, and you get a chance to like black t
3: shirt, dude. It's
0: chilling. No suit, like just. That's why I wanted to like pick his cool, brain and just yeah. talk to him because like here's a leader. I mean, I call he's an
3: American dream. That's what, like one of his. uh one is called Authenticity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he's a real authentic dude. Like, because, you know, when, I, when you get in this position, man, like, I'm a you know young black dude and I get some money. Like, like we don't have a lot of good examples. Uh, like, you know, in athlete. Well, we we, we do now. We starting to. You know what I'm saying? But, like, no, when, what you mean. When, yeah, when we were younger, like, we didn't. You know what I'm saying? So, you see a lot of dudes, like, the NFL stands for not for long. Like, going broke after there. But it's not that they like it's but it's the it's the start with the mindset you know what i'm saying so the fact that i'm able to pick these guys like who who have everything you know what i'm saying came from nothing but now I have everything i get to because that's that's the journey i want to take
0: where do you think your love for wine how do you think that evolves oh man dude like
3: i, I was watching Prochet
0: Proche vineyards one day
3: so uh, actually i'm gonna we're we'll going to keep that on the rise. Me and Bill, you know, we're working on something. Oh, we'll really? Yeah, I don't know. You know okay. I didn't, I didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you didn't hear that here. Well, we we but don't.
0: when you do say it, it's going to be here.
3: If, if, if we'll break it here. It's going to be here when it's here. You yeah. Know? So we're working on something, man. Like, I, a lot of my, like, like idols now, uh, you know, obviously Kobe Bryant growing up. That's, like, my, like, almost dad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's, like, my, like, so my dad isn't around. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been incarcerated wherever long. but me and my uncle used to sit around you know when I became the you know there's a time where you become aware as a human being and around that time Kobe Bryant was winning championships me and my uncle was sitting around watching you know he's a Pistons fan I was a Lakers fan well I was not like I was a Kobe Bryant fan yeah 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 and I didn't whatever you know they got the mom mentality now they got relentless all these words that you could describe him but before I knew how to Talk about those words or describe those words. I was like, I want to be like that. That's what I want to do. Whatever he got inside of him, whatever he's doing, that's what I want. And I kind of think that was kind of like my seed. Yeah. Got me to where I am now. It pushed sure. you.
0: I can't tell you how much fun it was to meet you.
3: No, I appreciate. It. Likewise, bro. this was really like, cool. You know, great person, not great energy about yourself, bro. I appreciate it. Oh, right. that really means it's a lot.
0: Super easy to talk. Did about. you like the conversation?
3: Oh, bro, this was this is amazing, dude. Like, I usually don't like. I don't like. I get asked to do a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. but because like you said, discernment. Like it was something. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? And it it, it worked. Maybe
0: because it came from Bill, and he's right. yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, dude, this was man. really really it's fun, sir. and I feel like I made. It's I feel like right. I made a friend.
3: No, bro, I was just about to say that we locked in bro for sure you got great energy about yourself and I love to surround my people with great energy you know what I'm saying and like it's super bright Super. I love being around people who got something to teach me so yeah. I'm ready, yeah bro I appreciate it bro well
0: like, cool Well, I can't wait to yes, more just like sit back and watch
3: maybe you know what the I'm saying? one year two years we can go episode two you know what I'm two. saying two three years okay you know what I'm saying you can maybe
0: wait two years for episode two
3: I mean I want to do something You can probably get Bill Armstrong
0: quicker than that I want to do something
3: Yeah, no, saying? i feel like get a Super Bowl you know maybe I'll have some something developed here you know what i'm saying you never know
0: I, sure. I was running a few minutes late i almost wanted to stop at big five just like i want to just like throw one pass for you to catch <laughs> I, I, mean, got I, got, I got a ball in my car oh you do yeah, i'll you have can. to throw one to you That's then the before way, we get out of here way, hey way, man way. thank you so much cheers to you yes, sir and to sir. uh the journey being yes, the reward appreciate you, my man.
3: sir god bless Man, I thought he good. As Give it. me
2: that moonshine. We'll get by. we pass on around till the job is done. Camp out in the trees. It will simplify good company.
0: Many thanks to James Prochet, AKA Channel 3, AKA Prochet Rose All Day. I hope you'll be keeping an eye on this new lover of wine and Paso like I will. Okay, on to the reason I even got a chance to meet and sit down with James, Bill Armstrong. I want to get right into it. I have always respected Bill, even before I got the privilege to be a little bit more familiar with him. I mean, now he's texting me about the podcast episodes he likes, and I love how he's dove deep into these episodes, and he has. But when I first learned what I did in my first shows with Epic Wines and winemaker Jordan Fiorentini, even years ago with the Cork Dorks on the air, About the painstaking lengths this owner of Epic went to preserve the history of the old York Mountain Winery, the Central Coast's oldest bonded winery, dating back to the 1880s, I believe. I mean, chalking and numbering the rocks and taking them down in order to retrofit and then reinstall the rocks precisely as they were before. To purchase the old Paderewski property and bring that full circle back around to where these Paderewski grapes were being processed at York Mountain again, just like they were like forever ago when Paderewski himself brought his grapes right here to York Mountain for the York brothers to process. It's so cool. So that respect for the history and the desire to not so much change it and make it his own, but continue Paderewski's legacy, the York Mountain legacy, without being worried about his, I just thought that was... So admirable, so special. There's actually a quote in the new Kanye West documentary on Netflix that Kanye's mom said to him. And I know Kanye West is far from like the Wikipedia thumbnail for humbleness, but his mom said this great quote, the giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing. Bill happened to be in town for just a couple days and he met me at Sidecar in San Luis Obispo. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of craft cocktails and what they do at Sidecar. I've been a fan of them for a long time. Fantastic craft cocktails, Great scene downtown slow. I highly recommend checking out Sidecar when you're downtown slow. So my thanks to Josh and the team at Sidecar, we set up in their basement Speakeasy. We literally have the whole Speakeasy to ourselves. Just me, Bill, and yes, I brought Georgie. And who knew Bill was such a dog person? So give me that
2: out in the trees it will simplify good company.
1: Cheers. So this is the Tempier. This is the uh, Bandol. This is the Domain Tempier. This is the one that Ooh, is, real, some. is real famous. Of course. From Bandol. Yeah. And I'll tell you the story about what Jordan did with this wine. Yeah, why did you bring yeah. Domain Tempier? Okay, so I have four wines. And the wine we're trying right now is the uh, Rosé from Domaine Tempier. And the reason I'm bringing that is because... Jordan, you know my winemaker Jordan. <laughs> do do I, mean, I know your winemaker? She's my winemaker crush, Bill. She's the best. Are <laughs> really you kidding? Is. She really is fabulous. But at Epic, we try really hard to make great rosé, and I'm a huge fan of rosé.
0: It's funny because rosé always, you know, you don't always charge the same that you do for even your whites, no. especially not your reds. But it is a hard wine to make it's and like to dial it in.
1: It's the hardest wine to make. Yeah, and we lose money on every bottle. I can tell you that. I mean, you know, between all the efforts we go to and as cheap as we sell it. I mean, that's a hell of a marketing campaign, right? I should just, like, give a bottle and then, like, strap a few dollars on the outside. Right. That that way. that's (laughs) that's, that's, (laughs) So, uh, anyway, uh, so we're really proud of our rosé because most of the rosés, let's get real, most of the rosés in California suck. I mean, they just do. I mean, you know, they're added sugar, and it's kind of an afterthought, something to have in their tasting room, but at the end of the day, they don't really make a deliberate you know, effort right to make really, really good rosé, and so uh, Jordan and I took it upon ourselves to really pursue the ultimate rosé. And of course, you know, kind of the the measuring block of the best rosé in the world typically is Domaine Tempier. And uh, Jordan had a uh, tasting with Josh Reynolds, who you may know, Josh, but he's he's the uh, critic for uh, Venice. So Jordan says, "Hey, before we get into the reds, now we need to try our rosé," and she goes, "Okay, I brown bagged a bottle of Epic." And I brown bagged a bottle of Domaine Tempier. And you blind taste the two, and you, Josh Reynolds, famous critic, you tell me which one's better. And he picked Epic. No way. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, Jordan has got some balls on her. Yeah, (laughs) that is so cool. That is really cool, because that could have gone the other way. Oh, it could have easily gone the other way. That's right. Jordan was telling me that. She goes, I didn't tell you I did this before I did it. (laughs) I told you after the fact. So, and you can see it. It just has that gorgeous color. It's it's very similar to Domaine Tempier. Ours is mostly made with Morvedra, and ours is a little more heavy. It's mostly Morved, but it's got a little heavier in Syrah and Grenache. To it. But we make the rose, I mean, for rose. Like, we pick it early. You pick it, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is, as, like as the, some people say, the intentional rose. The intentional rose. <laughs> 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 Does she come but to you with,
0: like, a, she's got a concrete obsession, and you walk through your winery, and it's just beautiful. Does she come to you with these wish
1: lists of, like, new concrete every year, or what? Uh, you know what? Fortunately, Jordan and I really agree uh-huh. on pretty much everything. And we're really lucky that way. She doesn't come at me with something that is extravagant. No, sure. Uh, you know, so uh, when, we, when we're starting to find something that's clicking, you know, whether it's more concrete or whether it's, you know, XYZ, I can pretty much see her coming. We have, we have turned into somewhat of a concrete obsession. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited to talk to you, Bill, because uh, there's so much to, you know, there's
0: so many layers here. Uh, obviously, you are a geologist, and you uh, picked Paso for a certain reason. I can't wait to get into that. I'm curious, you know, you uh, you made headlines all over the place, front page of the Wall Street Journal, when you made a huge discovery, which was just, this, the story is just like American Dream nuts. It is such a, such a cool story. And then you choose Paso for some reason, and then the way you went about the... Uh, um, taking on Epic and the old York Mountain property and the painstaking, you know, things that you did to make sure it was just right is is really a story unto itself. And, you know, the, before we met here, you were texting me videos of Ignatius Paderewski and, and yeah. quotes about him. I mean, because you, you are so deep into this history
1: that you have mm-hmm. taken over and you are like a, like a fanboy of it. Like, you just, you just love it. You're, you're stoked by it. Yeah, it is amazing how, uh, you know, before I came to Paso, I'd never even heard of Paderewski. Yeah. yeah. I me mean, neither. You know, I didn't even know who he was. And so it's been really fun to kind of learn his, um, his history. So you just asked me a lot of questions. Well, so yeah, I'm just kind of so thinking what we're going to do over the course of this.
0: Oh, okay. I, I do want to start with the beginning, though, and in, yes. in your background and your expertise. You, yep. you are a geologist.
1: Liz yep. is a geologist. Yep. How did you guys, what got you into geology and how did you guys meet? Okay. okay, so um, so I grew up in a not an awesome place. Well, it's an awesome part of the world, but it's West Texas, you know, so yeah. a little town called Abilene. And, oh, I'm sure, they uh, make a song about it. Uh, <laughs> girls i've ever seen right yeah no <laughs> the one there ever treats you mean in Abilene. Uh, so i grew up in uh Aveline, and of course wine was the furthest thing from my mind i mean you know when you're in, when you're in west texas it's beer right and so uh but anyway so i uh, was in west texas uh fell in love with the people my dad moved to Denver, Colorado, and so we moved away from uh, Texas, and I got to Denver, and all I wanted to do was get back to Texas. Uh, after high school, I had an opportunity because I did really well in my in my school work. I had an opportunity to go anywhere in the country to school, whether it's Ivy or Stanford or whatever, but I really wanted to get back to Texas, so I didn't want to go to a big state school, so I ended up going to a school called SMU, uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, and it's a reasonably small private school in Dallas, Texas. But it got you back to Texas. Uh, got me back to Texas, and um, I was also really lucky, is because my dad was in the oil business, and I saw the characters that he brought home as his friends. You know, or where, where I, I caddied for his friends on a golf course, and. Uh, I mean, the coolest dudes you've ever seen. I mean, just Wildcatter is extraordinaire. Just, you know, bet it all today. And we we're going to hear that term probably a lot in this conversation.
0: So Wildcatter is what? Define that for
1: folks. Uh, wildcatter is the guy who d- does the really high-risk uh, exploration for new oil and gas fields. So it is uh, kind of the razor's edge of the high-risk, go-out, and swing for the fences, you know, looking for buried treasure, blah, blah. And it is not for the fences. Kind of like what Beverly Hillbillies was made of, right? <laughs> like, just, like a big gusher, you got it, you scored, you're good to go. Yeah, I don't think uh, we're still finding uh, uh, fields like Jet Clampett with a, <laughs> with a rifle shot. Right. You know, but um, shooting for some food and up coming ground because of bubbling crude. Right, right yeah. <laughs> So, so I thought uh, you were going to tell me that's how Alaska happened that we're going to talk uh, about later. Yeah, we will talk about Alaska. That, that that's a fun story too. But so I grew up around all of these just dynamo characters that were my basically. My, and I asked my dad one day. I said, "Who are what are all these guys do for a living?" Because I want to do that. And he goes, "Bill, these guys are all independent geologists, and they're in the oil and gas business, and they're all you know kind of wildcatters." So i knew what i wanted to do when i was young so when i was 16 years old i knew that i wanted to go study geology i wanted to get out of school and i wanted to go be an independent well and gas guy so um i went to SMU with the idea of taking geology and there i was freshman year first class 8 a.m and in walks uh, my wife well it wasn't my wife yet she, she is from new orleans and she walks in and she was in so geology 101 there was uh, liz and, no way. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. So we became great friends and eventually we started dating and, you know, kind of the rest is history. Here we've been together going on 41 years, I think now, 42 years. So
0: That is so crazy. Mm, yeah. What is the conversation like when you guys are first either dating or like at the, at the table? You guys are both, because you're both geologists. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, is it just like, you know, she's, you know, layering it on you. You're like, don't get sedimentary on me, honey. I mean, like, you know, or, uh, you know, how do you guys talk? <laughs> you, you guys talk dirty. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah what is it, igneous?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that was our foreplay. Is, right, is, is right, like yeah. Talk about rocks, right? <laughs> so, uh, no, she uh, she also, uh, her family was happened to be in the oil business, and it was in, Louis- oh, wow. in Louisiana. And mine just happened to be in, in West Texas and, and Colorado. And so it was easy to talk to her about that just because, believe me, as a wildcatter, most people can't handle it. I mean, the risk is so high. Yeah. So Meaning what? On.
0: You're like you're putting so much of your resources that you have into X, Y, Z area, mm-hmm. and it could come up, and, and it's risky probably because it probably does come up
1: dry a lot. Over ninety percent of the time, wow, you walk away with nothing. So you got to do all the work, you got to do all the land work, you've got to do all the technical work, you've got to do all the legal work, you got to do all the engineering, you got to drill the well, you got to go raise the money, you got to find partners. And ninety percent of the time, it's you walk away with a goose egg. What are you looking for? How are you? What are you looking at? What, what is your geology background? And is geology like medicine, where like you get into certain fields of geology? Yep, yep. It's very similar to that. And uh, so you have uh, geophysics part of it. You know, you have the sedimentologist part of it. You have uh, people that are better at structural geology versus stratigraphic geology. Everybody kind of has their niche, I suppose. Yeah. You know, one of the key components to being a really good geologist and the ability to find oil and gas is You got to be able to think in 3D. Most people can't. So, and and when it comes to really oil and gas work, it's almost 4D because you got to talk about the three dimensional of the of the earth, but also about time. So it's a it's a lot more complex than people you know really give it uh, credit for. It's not like. Walking in on a in, a in a room and zinging a uh, a, a you know an arrow at a map and you know say I'm going to drill there. I mean there's a lot of technology that go so goes. So time goes forward. You create a company,
0: Armstrong Oil and Gas. Yep. And you have maybe a dozen or so for, with geologists with you that work.
1: Yep. So it was really. Oh, it, I started off. Um, you know, Apple computers started in their garage. You, know, yeah. you always hear the story about sure. Steve Jobs and, and Wozniak in their garage. I was more humble than that. I was in the attic above the garage. So. No way. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> But I knew it. I was young. I was 24. I didn't have any backing. I had no money I had no family money. I had no bank money to give me enough rope for me to hang myself It was before private equity was around and uh, Liz and I just we just kind of just jumped off the diving board into the deep end and That was it. So initially it was just me and uh, and then you know the support of Liz. I mean, she starts cranking out kids, and and um, and that's so, got to be tough because, like you said, you're putting a lot into this, and oh, dude, now we, you got a family at uh, stake. Dude, I, I, we bet our entire net worth, no less than probably twenty times. Really? I mean, yeah, you've got to be really willing to like put it all out. There Have you ever taken you know. some big L's. Oh yeah, of course. In this, do you, you know. still take big L's? Yep. I mean, yeah, I hate to talk about them. No, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although I can probably remember my losses more than my wins. You know, I don't know how. Because they uh, bug you. Yeah, they bug me. Because you know, you're it's a perfectionist. Like, yeah. What was that uh, line in Moneyball? I think it was Brad Pitt says, "I hate losing way more than I like winning." Sure. You know, and that's kind of the way the way I feel about my losses. I can tell you about my dry holes. Yeah. um, So, well,
0: that's the the story behind maybe one of your biggest W's is on the north slope of Alaska, Yeah. and it was a few years back. And I I mean, correct me, I'm going to let you tell the story, but um, the big dogs pulled out of this area, Mm -hmm. and you and your team somehow, and I'm curious what you saw in this area that were the big dogs, like, I don't know if it's the Exxon's, the Mobiles, whoever, they pull out of this part of the north slope of Alaska, Mm -hmm. and you're like... I'm I'm not done thinking that there
1: ain't something big here. Yeah, so that's that's exactly right, Adam. That's exactly the way it happened. So my guys and I started working in Alaska, and really, it's not the place where small companies should go. I mean, it's really expensive. It's really really uh, slow uh, because it's you know you're above the Arctic Circle, so nine months out of the year it's frozen. Uh, the other three months out of the year, it's basically a swamp. This, it's, it's dark uh, in, in the summer, it's, or in the winter time, it's dark all the time. Yeah, and um, and really cold. I mean, like seventy-five below kind of stuff. Gosh, I mean, it's rough. And um, but you know, so the biggest oil field in the United States is up there—a field called Prudhoe Bay. And typically, there's an old saying that the best place to find oil fields is near other oil fields or in the shadow of other oil fields. And so we were working it. We're, my my team, small team, about a dozen of us. I think I'm really good at some things but I know I'm really great at one thing and and that's I recognize talent and kind of like finding Jordan to work with me uh, you know in the wine business Uh, the guys that I have working for me the geophysicists the geologists the engineers the land guys the best and I've met them through the years as I'm Because you have a relatively small firm. Really small. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a dozen guys and gals, right? And so, uh, you know, our idea of a meeting, a uh, focused meeting is like if we're all in front of the copier at the same time. Right. (laughs) That's that's our meeting. You know, and it's just like, you know, it's just like as informal as it gets. And and every one of those guys would lay in front of traffic for me and I would do the same for them. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like a family. And Mm -hmm. it was
0: a really, really... I want to talk about that later on because you have tapped into something very interesting in the morale and in the workplace... uh, Yeah. Culture.
1: Yeah. There. Yeah. You know, it's, I really live by the axiom that you want to, you always treat people the way you want to be treated. For the most part, almost always, always, uh, everybody's great. I mean, they're great people. They work hard for you, and you want to show them that you love them, and you'll work hard for them. Kind of got a reputation for being, you know, kind of like some of the kind of the it guys as far as finding oil and gas fields around the world. Most wow. people, most people can't. A little crazy too, maybe. You know crazy. for being a little crazy. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, crazy in a, in a good way. I of course. You know, yeah, the, right. I mean, you know, it was like. Um, you know, we started with nothing, and we—I mean, know, they don't call it it's not, you know—it's not called concatter it's called wildcatter, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just most people don't want to take on that risk because because the uh, the failures are just so obvious, and mm-hmm. it's hundred percent loss. Yeah. So you're on the north slope of Alaska. You literally have to pour your own ice road yeah. to get out to this spot that you and your team have deemed we think this is a special place to get down to the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even explain to you how ridiculous it is. Because what, what they do is you, you wait until winter and the tundra is frozen solid. You don't want to ever leave a, like an environmental impact on the, on the ground. So you wait until things freeze up. And then you go out there with a the truck full of full of uh, water, fresh water, and you pour it on the ground. And then you create a road to where you want to drill. In this case, this year, I think our ice road was 21 miles long. So you're pouring a 21-mile like, ice skating rink. It's a rink. Or it's, you know, the same street. thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. 21 miles. And then when you get it built, then you can drive trucks over it, and you can you know, take your equipment out there, take your rig out there. You take your man camp out there, they call it. And then, you know, you go out there and you drill for three months. Yeah. And then before things start to melt, you move everything off. And then the ice road melts and you can't even tell you were there. Are you drilling for one moment or are you drilling to keep processing? So, no, it's the one time. Yeah. When you drill it, you find out whether you have something, you plug it, which is hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, these wells are like $50 million a piece. I'm not kidding you when, it's, when I say they're expensive. Yeah. And so you end up finding something nuts. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah uh, we, we had an idea that something up there looked really good to us that had not, not been seen by the Exxon's, the BP's, the Conicos, and um, other people that had looked at it. And for whatever reason, we looked at it and we go, this thing could be pretty cool. And, uh, and we drilled it and... Uh, Adam, I mean, we knew like right away. I mean, we knew right away when we when we drilled through this thing, it was like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, uh, you know, we knew what we were looking for, and it was like a certain certain kind of rock, a certain kind of temperature. Like, what do you know right away? So we knew right away when you drill through it, you hit a. Thick sandstone, okay, that, that was just porous and permeable and chucky jam full of oil, okay. And, right, uh, yeah. You know, and uh, and it was we actually got pretty lucky in the sense that it was literally three times thicker than even our upside case. So not only did we hit what we were looking for, but it was that much better.
0: Yeah. No. Are these like underwater, like ponds, lakes? What, what does it look like underneath? If, it could- <laughs>
1: if you, if you, uh, it would be. This is a stratigraphic trap. So if if you. Let's say you go from west to east. Uh, on the west, it's nothing at shale, and then it thickens up to almost like a sandbar, mm-hmm. and then it thickens up, and then um, it eventually goes away. So it's just a stratigraphic trap, and then it just so happens that it was just full of oil. And then so we. Drill yeah. What did these big dogs? What did the big boys say when they found out what you found? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Did you get any calls from them? Like, <laughs> they're, all fr- they're all my friends. They're you know, oh all my friends. Oh, God. I mean, I mean, they're all my good friends, actually. And, you know, it, it, they know that it's a risky world. Yeah. And, you know, and I've missed. They have to feel pretty stupid. You think uh, some uh, heads uh, rolled over there? No. That's the big Exxons, uh, the big piece? like, uh, hey, Bill
0: Armstrong went in there with his, tw- with his 12 dudes. We got 150 <laughs> dudes, and you guys couldn't find this for
1: us? All right. I'm not even going to go there. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, these are all, uh, most of these guys are my good friends. Because yeah. you know, I've done deals with them all over the place. How many barrels yeah. are we talking that you stumbled Well, we think it's going to be a little over three and a half billion barrels. So it's big, yeah. So it's get this, uh, Adam. I mean, we are the. um, It's going to be the probably the third largest field in the history of the United States. And the last one that was found was actually Prudhoe Bay, which was found in 1968. So if you think about it, that's that's fifty. Three years? No, it's at the time. I was just shy of fifty years and there's hundreds of oil companies by a private company. Hundreds of oil companies with hundreds of guys that have all been looking for something like this. Yeah. And my little company, little private company out of Denver. What did you was- drink that night? <laughs> A lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of epic. My, my, really? My, oh shit! I love my it. My company was the entire company was in the bag by 10 a.m. I mean, because oh my god! It turns out that I was actually not in the office. I think I was in, either in London or New York. And the news came in. And of course, what is this every, coming, every, a text, a phone call? What are you doing? Yeah, you, you can see the the real time information. Uh, oh, so you're like on, you have an app on your phone. I have an app on my phone, so I'm looking at it. I'm kind you're of just going. walking through Heathrow, and you're like, "Hey guys, I'm, I just I'm oh. just going fuck me. Are you kidding me? Oh this my is gosh!" And of course, all the guys. Guy's knew in the office. And you call and, Liz um, and you tell, what do you tell Liz? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I'm right, Liz. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. What a <laughs> so celebration. But, but to put it in context, in the wine world, this would be the equivalent of getting number one wine in, in the world, have my picture on the cover of Wine Spectator having Robert Parker the same day give me five 100-point scores. And being and, on the Where Wine Tixie podcast. And, and, and then, be, <laughs> of course, that would be the biggest part of it. And then I'd even argue that it would be like the, the new James Bond movie where uh, Daniel Craig, instead of orders a martini, he says, you know, I'm going to skip the martini. Let's get a bottle of Epic. Yeah. And that would be, <laughs> that, so that cool. would be the day, you know. because so this it, it was... was just, wow, this was just a
0: feat beyond... Is this... Will, will this, and has this been your career highlight? Mm-hmm. This is what you dreamt of at 16. Yeah. Yeah. So it is... It is Are you an emotional dude? Did you cry at all? Like a little girl. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, mean I can know, imagine, like, uh, yeah, having yeah. a dream at 16 and accomplishing it to the most, like, the, the, a pinnacle like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was... That's a beautiful story. It's it's a really fun story. And, of course, all my guys are, you know, they're so amazing. Are you done? No, man. It's it's, you can't, like, it's it's in my blood, dude. I mean, I, you know... You you I, think there's uh, anything bigger than that around? Uh, I think I can do it again and again up there, up there in Alaska. So, wow. uh, yeah, so it's super exciting. It's, good. it's really great for our country. Yeah. it's re- It's really good for... A lot of things. The people of Alaska, it's going to help save the state. Actually, really? Yeah, no, it's really cool. So, yeah, they, that's the. Uh, that's a great story. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's it's one of those rare ones that you can talk about. So How do you have time to own a winery? Well, first of all, it's a it's a I have I have, I have too many passions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has that been an issue, Adam? You hear it all the time. Hey, man, you just got to find your passion. Yeah. You know, my problem is, is I don't I don't agree with that because I think you find your passions. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have, I'm passionate about my wife, I'm passionate about my kids, I'm passionate about my friends, my employees, I'm passionate about wildcatting in the oil and gas world, I'm passionate about wine, I'm passionate about philanthropies, there's a lot of things I'm passionate about. Because we're in a time now where I feel wealth is unfortunately almost like looked at, even self-made wealth, which is
0: so weird to me, that it's like frowned upon. It's unbelievable to me, you, and you kind of roll, you, especially when I think of others, even locally that have wealth, you kind of roll under the radar.
1: Why? Yeah, just, West Texas boy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, it's my business, and you know, I don't, I don't judge anybody by the fact that they have dough or they don't have dough. Uh, we give a lot back. I really love it. I do agree with you. It feels like right now, you know, there was a time in this country, of course, where it was, you know, that was the goal, right? Go out and just hit it big, especially on your own, and take the take the flyer, right? Yeah. And um, there's an old saying which I really like, and that is that young people dream of being rich and rich people dream of being young. That's cool. (laughs) It's a a pretty good saying. And, um, I don't know why things are right now the way they are in our country. I don't think it's going to last. I think the pendulum is going to swing because, you know, doing it on your own, by yourself, with no help, is, uh, is still the American dream. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I agree I mean, with you. And it's funny because you're also, I mean, and not to delve too deep into this, but like let's you know, state the obvious, um, there are probably more, let's put it this way, more popular ways to, to, to do that. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I look at things in a little bit more realistic way, and like I know without discoveries like yours, you know th- those are the discoveries that are keeping this a uh, first world country. You know what I mean, right. so but without getting too deep into the things, does that ever play into the the, the mind f that, that goes along with it all?
1: Well, for sure, I mean, um, that's actually a really good question. I, the, the world our, our industry, my oil and gas industry, has done more to bring people out of poverty than any industry in the history of the world.. But somehow, uh, it's become you know some kind of crazy bad thing in this in this uh, society. Does that ever
0: play with your sentimentality? Oh, does it, that- it,
1: it drives me crazy. does it really. It, it, it drives me crazy because at the end of the day, it, at the end of the day, you know, a third of the population uh, in the world they don't even have energy. I mean, they have to go out in the morning and, and go scavenge away for wood or dung. It's not wild. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, literally, thirty-five percent of the world is literally living in an energy-free. Gosh. So, and the idea that you can bring all those people into the first world. I mean, they're just, they're, you just know they're just full of fabulous people mm-hmm. that are super smart, super, oh, sure. super creative, you know, unbelievable, and yet they're toiling around in this. So, it's, it's a it's a little bit of a hubris of the United States, you know, to sit around and say, you know, this is bad for y'all. Right, right, know, right, right, right. Yeah, because we're living this dream. You know, you look at inside the Beltway, or you're looking on the east side of the Hudson, you know, and they have this view, of the, you know, on Manhattan. You're kind of going, you just don't know the real world. What you was know, the one so- of the first cool things that you
0: bought that was just like to celebrate this? This new, this new kind of like wow, like this is another level. You know, we were doing okay, but this is another level. Did you buy
1: something crazy like a no. a nation or like, <laughs> I mean a plane? Yeah, Did you, you go it, on vacation? It, it, do you like vacationing? It, it, uh, no, you know. I, well, Liz and I do. Um, she likes traveling more than I do. Yeah. I, tra- I travel a lot for business. Sure, and, um, and I really love it. I've been to a lot of really really amazing places and a lot of places that are not amazing. You know, around the world. I can tell you about pursuing deals in Siberia. And uh, and, you know, being in a, in a yurt in w- West Kazakhstan, you know, eating sheep eyes. Uh, Whoa. Uh, yeah, being in, like, you know, parts of China and Hong Kong and, you know, working in Turkey. I've done been been, I've done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and when you pull on the Epic, you see that barn and you mm-hmm. see that huge American flag. I can tell you, we live in the greatest country in the world. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, you know, and I have been all over, and I can tell you, it is. Well, it's a country
0: that people are waiting in line to get into, not out of. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you talk about pulling into Epic. That was an interesting choice for you because you really could have landed anywhere with your desire to build a world class winery. Uh, You obviously, I mean, California is a no brainer, but there's many beautiful world class wineries in California. I mean, there are many beautiful world class, you know, world class terroir in Santa Barbara County and Paso, other places. You could have gone and taken your resources to Napa. Why did you choose Paso? Why did you choose West Paso? And what about your geology background that's same background that had those 12 people you know be able to find that in the northern slope what did you see in west paso that
1: made you say this is the the diamond in the rough for world-class wine up until i was in my late 30s i was a tequila drinker oh right Uh, you know and i the only wine i'd have was like shitty airplane wine or like you know some over chardonnay at a wedding right you know i I just to me uh, it, it just wasn't that good but uh I think almost every wine person will tell you. They have that one bottle that changes their life. Their aha bottle. Their their aha bottle. And for me, I was at a deal closing, and they brought, uh, for me, it happened to be a Stagsley Cab, And I was sitting there talking to these guys, and I reached over and I sipped this red wine, and I was like, holy fuck, what is in this bottle? I've never had anything like this. And who would ever guess it, but that one moment change the trajectory of my life ever so slightly and uh, what, was, what was the bottle for you did you have a? Uh, it was funny because I moved to the central coast worked at the
0: Vinoteca wine bar part time because I was in radio part time here and there was this flight of a 97, 98, 99 J-Lore uh, the Cuvée series which is their upper echelon bottles and they have three one for Saint E for Saint-Emilion they had a, a Capoya kind of thing and a um, Pomerol one and uh, it was just this flight and I was like oh my gosh I've never had wine that tasted like this. Yeah.
1: Like, and then just, you know, exploring and, right. I mean, it was game over. Like I'm and sold. A, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know, once I once I found this bottle, my wife and I at that time didn't have two pennies to rub together. I mean, it was we, we were still getting started uh, doing the wildcatting thing, it, even though I'd have been doing it for, at that time, 15, 16, 17 years or whatever it was. Wow. Um, you know, Overnight overnight success, 30 years in the making. Right, yeah. As they, as they say. <laughs> I became reasonably obsessed with reading about wine, and I've read every book I possibly could. At the end of all that, I was like, still just, I couldn't get enough of it, so I went and got my psalm degree. So, by the way, if anybody wants to ever really learn about wine, I highly recommend going out and, and going through your sommelier certification. Yeah. yeah Did I you didn't, go I to Court Master I, Sommelier? Uh, I went to International International Sommelier Guild. Oh, I, IS, oh, sure. ISG. I had this amazing uh, teacher named uh, DJ Carney. Out of British Columbia, she came to Denver, and so she, I, was, I was living in Denver at the time. And uh, I missed two football seasons of NFL football because it was every Sunday for eight hours. Yeah, and uh, wow, uh, and I just loved lo- learning about. The history of wine, the regions, because if, you, if you've gone through the, the sommelier training, you know, they force you to really learn your palate. They, they force you to try all the wines in the world. So you go to all the new world, you go to all the old world, you do, you do Italy, you do Spain, you do obviously all the regions of France, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you didn't just want to enjoy wine. You made it, you were determined to really know wine. Yeah, and it was just, it was just an interest, you know, yeah. at this time. It was it had nothing to do with like, I had no plans with it. You know, it was just something like, you know, I just, had a, I just had a passion for it, and I just yeah. learned, wanted to learn about it. We probably all have our own sure. versions of these things, and I was just like, really wanting to learn as much as I possibly could, and I got through this class, and about that same time, my oil and gas business starts doing really well. We'd hit a double, and then we'd hit a triple, and then we'd hit a single, and then we'd hit a home run, and then, you know, bah, 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 bah. and I turned to Liz one day, and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I want to get into the wine business. I said, I don't want to be a wine spectator, I want to be a wine player. And she looked at me and she goes, no fucking <laughs> way. What are you doing? You know, it's as far away from West Texas as you can imagine, right? Well, they said the yeah, quickest different. way to make, I like think Audrey says the quickest way to make a million bucks is to, you know, spend two million bucks on a winery, right? Yeah, I mean, you, right. Don't, you don't get in to make money. Yeah. How do you, how do you make a small fortune in the wine business? You start with a large fortune. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, in my sommelier class, I really fell in love with the wines of Chateauneuf-Tapap. You know, we tried all the wines of the world, and the one, the, the one wines, the group of wines that I just said, oh my God, it was the GSM blends. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. From Chateauneuf. The Rhone, yeah. The Rhone. And this is where my geology comes in handy. So I decided to myself, I go, all right, I'm going to go for making the world's best GSM. Not world class, but the world's best. And I didn't want to go overseas because I I wanted to be able to make sure I could go to it and I'd have to get in a a, a plane and fly to France or something. Also achieving ripeness every year is a plus. You you think? Yeah. Uh, And so uh, I looked everywhere from... Okanagan region of British Columbia all the way down to Temecula, and everything in the middle. I looked at the weather, looked at the soils, I looked at the the, um, aspect of the sun, looked at, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this one little area, I mean, it was a deliberate search, you know, all through Walla Walla, all through Napa, all through Sonoma. There's this one little area that really stood out as being truly unique and arguably, I think, the best place in the world to make the best one. Not a world-class one, but the best one. And it was basically the area of west of the 101 and along 46 West. It is so unusual what Paso has. From a geologist's standpoint, what is it? Well, what is that well, quam, well, that well, magic? Uh, well, it's a couple of things. The weather is extremely unique in that you have you know, warm, even hot days, but then you have that Templeton Gap cooling that comes at night. And the diurnal temperature swings from high to low is either one or number two in the world as far as wine regions so you have that ability to get ripe during the day but then at night your grapes your uh, your vines they shut down so they retain their acidity they retain their minerality and that's just a very very unusual thing the soils are completely unique i mean if you look at we have either a limestone type soil which they call calcareous Mm -hmm. or we have the siliceous shale both of them are unique to California, and you just don't find beds of limestone in California. But some of the best wine regions in the world are in limestones. You know, if you go to uh, Santa Emilion, uh, or uh, yeah, uh, you know, Santa If you go to all of Burgundy is right. is, is, is is limestones, and um, a big chunk of Italy is all limestone. So, you know, that's that's a plus, number one. But the one that I think this one is one that's really unusual is this silicious uh, shale, which is a really cool kind of a geologic concept deposition because. The silica cells are actually, it's a—it's made 100% of silica, and it's formed by a single-cell diatom, which is basically an algae. And it's an algae, it's a single-cell animal that encases itself in glass. It's silica. So your glass on your car is, is basically silica. And... These these little algae float in the ocean, and they have this silica cover that, if you look at it under an electron microscope, you're just be blown away because it looks like almost like a, like a Christmas decoration. I mean, just gorgeous, tiny little things, you know. And the uh, algae dies, the the glass coating on the outside doesn't, and it floats to the bottom of the ocean, and it just starts getting. You know, bedded on top of one another, one by one, ultimately it becomes what they call diatomaceous earth, Di- and uh, it's famous for if you look at, it, they use it for like filtering pools, mm-hmm. uh, diatomations earth, or they put in kitty litter. You know, so, and the reason is, is because they're basically little ball bearings of glass, but they're hollow on the inside. So the porosity is actually like 60, 70%. And it's like, if you ever go to our, the Paderewski, where our, our vineyard is, and you see this piece of dirt and you pick it up, it's white and it's like balsa wood. Because it has like all this porosity to it. If you put your tongue on it, it, it just sticks to your tongue. Right. No, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a bucket of that in my garage. <laughs> and you know knows because like, Audrey <laughs> will
0: do it when she goes to things. You know. Yeah, and it's like, uh-huh. it it's
1: sticks to your tongue, and that's that. It's because it has all this porosity. And so it, it sucks up the moisture out of your tongue. Right. You know, into the into the rock. So it's just great for the. So what happens is it's like it creates the and it and it fractures like glass. So if you look at it, like if you drive down Peachy Canyon Road, if you go from Paso and you go west and you drive about four miles and all of a sudden you see these huge road cuts Gorgeous, all convoluted, you can see anticlines, you can see fractures, you can see faults, you know, it's all just gorgeous. You Man. must yeah. love this. Oh, I love it. I mean yeah. Yeah, they should be they should take geologic field trips. <laughs> de- de- Geological yeah. tours from yeah, epic. Yeah, yeah. PG Canyon Road and say like you should yeah. in the old days when I, when I was in school, you know, we had to we would go on outcrops like that, road cuts, they called it, and you'd draw what you see. And oh cool. You know, you'd measure it and you'd take the strike and dip and find out what where what direction it came from and blah 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 blah. So it's if I highly recommend anybody's listening this podcast to go do- drive down pj canyon road and look at these things because it's just right there in front of your face mm-hmm. you can just see it because it tells like the history of of this part of california you know it's a really convoluted part of you know you've got the san andreas fault that's just that lies east of here and that's pushing northwest and then you have you know the compression and then it creates all of these uh, folds and faults and da-da-da. it's very very cool geology and so it's all right there in front of your face it's perfect for grapes because it's not very fertile it's not like you know crops yeah you know it's yeah we're not making pumpkins here Mm -hmm. you know you're you know the the for whatever reason the, the viniferous vine really really likes to be stressed out and so you put it in rock like this that has no nutritional value to speak of and then you have all these fractures that run through it because it is like glass and it shatters the roots of these vines just dig their way down to find moisture and and nutrients and if you look at some of the the best wine regions of the world they will tell you that's what they have and so here we have this in paso in west paso in spades that's why i think it's absolutely unique so you have the weather then you have those soils and then if you farm it correctly yeah, it's
0: definitely, I mean, it's certainly cool to the story, and it's certainly cool to uh, the romance of how the whole kind of saga unfolds. I'm curious your choice in Jordan, you know, when, um, again, your winemaker, Jordan Fiorentini, when she won winemaker of the year, I watched, in the, one of the cool pictures, I was standing side stage with Jordan's back to me, and then watching you, and the way you would look at her, and the the, the relationship you have, and how proud you were of her, the story you told about getting her, and, I mean, she's something, and obviously her family, uh someone very important to you and Liz, not just because she's your winemaker, and believe me, for the last 10, 11 years, I've interviewed winemakers who have owners, but there's a very special bond there.
1: Yeah, no, we, we Jordan and I are unbelievably close, and uh, she's my winemaker, but she's almost like a daughter to me, and um, so I found her, sounds so unromantic, but I've found her through a headhunter in Napa. Justin Smith helped me out early on. I knew that I needed to get my own winemaker. I wanted to kind of get some talent outside of Paso and bring in some ideas. Because, you know, it's easy to like, say, oh, I know so-and-so. He's just right next door. and uh, Sure. I, I contacted this headhunter in, uh, in Napa, and she goes, I got this gal that is at Chalk Hill, and she's not looking for a job. But she's amazing, and she's you know young, super smart. Went to Dartmouth, very very bright. Uh, went to UC Davis to get a radiology degree. You know, was like crushed it in school. It uh, worked at, at Araho. Then she went to Antonori and in, in, in Spain where she met her husband. And she's working at Chalk Hill. And I said, well, you know, give me your information. So I called her up, and I, she's like, I'm not looking for a job, but um, I go, I, I know, I know, I know. But tell you what, why don't you just come down to Paso and have a look at it. And she goes, well, I don't want anybody to know that I'm even looking because I'm not looking. And I go, I know that. that." And so uh, she comes down and we're were having the hospice to Rome. Oh, shoot. Yeah. That's a good weekend to bring her. Yeah. So she comes down. I meet her in the parking lot across the street from the hospice to Rome. Sketchy. uh, Love it. I know. It was hilarious. (laughs) Don't tell uh, anyone I'm here. uh, Don't tell anybody you're here. You know, you're just a friend, right? (laughs) So, but it was really important to me that we go in and, you know, of course, typical HDR fashion, they have just. All these fabulous wines Oh my god You know And they have Great producers From all all over the world So I'm sitting with Jordan And, and then we're just Trying all these wines And so she's checking out My palate as, as, I'm che- as I'm checking out her palette. And, you know, it'd be like a typical tasting. there would be like 10 glasses. And then we'd do it. And I'm not looking at her notes. She's not looking at my notes. And I would say, which one's your favorite? And she'd go, ah, uh, doesn't here. And I would think, oh, that's one, that's one I picked, too. Yeah, you know, okay, and, then, yeah. and then the next one, she'd say, which one do you like this? i say, I like this one here. And she was, okay, that was good. So we knew that we had... Like-minded. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, it wouldn't work if I brought in somebody who was, like, trying to, to push... Um, I don't know, me into making a Pinot. Right. Uh, you know, but also,
0: wouldn't work. Also, if you look at the polar opposite of that, it wouldn't work if you were just looking for someone to replicate what you... I mean, because you're not making the wine. You need someone smarter. That's why you have her. Exactly. So, right. I mean, I get it. It's riding that, that interesting mm-hmm. and delicate mm-hmm. line.
1: Yeah. No. Because who am I to tell her how to make wine? You know, I know what I like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I want to make a world-class wine, maybe the world's best wine. And so... I mean, I'm a geologist from friggin' Abilene, Texas. You know, I'm not going to tell Jordan Fiorentini, who's got an amazing palate and and all these skill sets, to... But at the end of the day, she's not making something that I don't like. But how do you manage her? Um, meaning, how
0: do you balance your desire for outcome? I mean, obviously, you are a leader. You are a good businessman, a smart. You know what you want. You are a person of passion and desire, and one who to achieves it sets yourself out to do that. But also, while giving her that free reign, that you do, is it all about hiring people you implicitly trust? Is it just? I mean, how do you kind of walk that line of leading but also letting her fly?
1: Well, that's a seminar that I probably would need, need to spend uh, like four hours. Right? <laughs> talk, Is it talking about? First of all, you have to have somebody who's unbelievably talented. You know, at the end of the day, if if I'm giving somebody a free reign who isn't all that good? Yeah. You know, or you got a babysit, or you got a babysit. I know Jordan is really, really amazingly talented, and um,
0: because that's the best people, employees who actually look at the company's pocketbook as their own. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. see the amount of resources or the capable resources of the business or of the owner. They spend the money like it's their own. Yep. And when you have someone like that, you have someone you can trust, and that you know is like, hey, I wouldn't be bringing this, you know, concrete vessel to you if I didn't think of like, you know, the last few vintages, what what we're looking forward to, where we're growing. You know what I mean? And like can like walk. I mean, that's what you trust
1: her for, I suppose. Absolutely. And she does look at it that way. And she and she knows that I really do appreciate that about her. I mean, she always warns me when, you know, here comes the end of the year and she's like, okay, this is the email you don't want to get, which is, you know, we need a new truck. or mm-hmm. We need a new forklift or, you know, the press isn't working the way it should be. We need a new sorting device, you know, whatever. Oh. But, you know, I like look around. I know what other people are, are doing. And sure. Look at and you kind of go, you know, Jordan's not recommending anything to me that is not just, like, really – well thought out. And that, that goes through all businesses. It's not just the wine business. You know, you get, it's got to be that way in your oil business, right. your philanthropies, and your money management, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So she's got it. And um, we, we obviously wouldn't play together very well if, if, if she sure. did that. You
0: know? You know, one thing I'm so interested in is um, I talked to a winemaker who had been getting a lot of 99s you know, back to the scores. Close to 100 for a while. Finally got that 100, right? And I was talking to him off the air about wines I know are 100-point wines. I've been sipping on this Block B. Block B is a 100-point wine. Like, I say that with true... I have no doubt Block B is a 100-point wine. It would actually be 101 points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that either. And that's not your only one. But I was talking to him about other wines, wineries that I know, yours included, that have yet to get that 100 floated and knocked on it with the 99s a bunch, and I asked him why, and he said, um, "He said, like, you know, I don't have, I don't have an owner. I, you know, I, I just do what I want. Sometimes I put myself way out there, and it doesn't pan out the way I wanted it to. Sometimes." I put myself out there and it like overperforms and I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. And you talked about the idea of being safe. And I, I I don't even really have a specific direct question with regards to this. But when I start talking about this idea and writing and those lines and, and having an owner and playing it safe or, or, or not, or for that matter, not playing it safe, what, what are some things
1: that kind of ping in, in your head about this? Well, first of all, you're talking to a wildcatter. So uh, the idea of playing it safe doesn't appeal to me right. uh, at all. And Jordan knows that. Because, listen, if, if you're not swinging for the fences, you know, yeah, you're going to strike out. You know, Babe Ruth has more strikeouts than anybody in history. That home runs, That's right? Yeah, sure. Right. Home runs, right? So, um, and so Jordan is not afraid of you know doing something out of the norm, whatever that might be. You know, whether it's you know more whole cluster, or maybe it's you know native yeast, or maybe it's you know throwing in, you know, Graciano into the wine when I don't even like Graciano. You know? <laughs> and I think you're talking about Don Burns who said that with Turtle Rock. I'm assuming that's who you were talking about. It was. Yeah. And it it's, and he's right, you know, and and Justin Smith would say the same thing. Yeah. You know, that you know, if you're doing it like the buck stops with them. Oh of course, yeah. But I mean, Adam, you know you, just because you can paint by the numbers, it doesn't make it art. Great point. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sure, that's a great point. <laughs> and so um, those guys know that you can't play it safe all the time. That's a great point. I don't know. I just feel like,
0: and, and maybe let's manifest this right here. I know this is coming, uh, and I think I think that's exciting. What will you, uh, I mean, what will that be? I mean, obviously, look like you said earlier in the show, it's like the 100-point thing has kind of lost its, I mean, I don't know. We don't put so much into it, and thank God we don't need to. I mean, you guys are a tremendously popular winery. You're
1: selling all the yeah. wine you make. But what would that feel like? Would that be kind of cool? Be, it'd be a cool thing to put on your mantle. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, we can all talk about high scores. At the end of the day, it's rare to get 100. Yeah. And, you know, it would be fun to be able to say... Like this, this rosé we're drinking. You know all, that story about Josh Reynolds and the you know domain Tempier. Um, yeah, the, with the domain tempier. Fun to tell that story, but at the end of the day, it's easy to say it's a hundred pointer. You know that. Just, yeah, exactly. Know, everybody, everybody gets that. Sure, everybody gets that. Do you? If There's you had to super, pick
0: one of yours, yeah. I mean, I know that Block Block B is a one hundred point yeah. wine. That is my. That's the one I think it's gonna. It's happened to you. Do you think? Do you see it happening to one of the blends, or yep. what do you? What do you I, see it happening? Uh, to?
1: I think. Uh, I think authenticity is, yeah. is going to beat Block B to the hundred points. Really, <laughs> I really do. You're willing to put a hundred thousand dollars on? No, <laughs> oh, I put a lot
0: more Right, than I that know, in I it. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you said yeah, on Stuart yeah. Marnie's show, don't come to a, a poker table that you can't... Yeah, so you can't afford to stay at the table. Right, yeah. yeah, 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 and I can't afford to stay at that table,
1: but you think it's going to be authenticity? I think so. I think so. And, I, I, and that's your Grenache-led, uh, it's, I right? Uh, no, it's more Syrah, but it's... A, it's more a, Syrah-led. A, it's GSM. Right. But it's, uh, we call it Authenticity Hill, and that's where we planted Syrah... Grenache and Mo Vedra all in its own rootstock right so we right. didn't uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't um, it's very beautiful out there if you have a chance I
0: know it's all your vineyards are all private and you know your tasting was kind of a little bit separated from them, except the York Mountain stuff but I mean it is very beautiful out there oh yeah York the, Mountain is just you know
1: York's crazy but the Paderewski is, uh, is yeah. unbelievable that's where authenticity is, sure, is, sure. is made uh, I, actually I, I got some really good advice from Matt Trevison. go ahead uh, and because I great too uh, did you hear his podcast on here no, I haven't heard that one. Oh, ever. he gets super real, uh, especially with him
0: and Justin. Everything. It was. It's one of my favorite episodes. All right, you got. You got to check that one out. The Matt Travis episode. It's really like one of my favorite episodes. I thought I'd
1: listened to all of yours. But by the way, this is what forty-two. This, yeah, about yeah, yeah, early forties. It took you forty-two dudes before you found me. It's kind of, <laughs>
0: kind of well, of, it's not like you're not a busy guy.
1: It kind of hurts a little. This a little. Well,
0: your <laughs> winemaker was episode number two. Oh, that's true. Jordan okay. was episode yeah, two, yeah, yeah. and I look forward to having her on again because you know you have friends like that, and you have friends that you just want to like bring on again it's like oh, it's been 40 episodes i think we're going to bring okay. jordan back now so don't so look forward to jordan again too but yeah. no i'm it's super bigger. i'm yeah. super happy that you're here oh
1: no, listen i'm, I'm on i'm really honored i'm just giving you shit there yeah, I, of course I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm super honored what you do here with this with this podcast a it's a terrific podcast but it's great for past roles, and you do it so professionally and it's just you know it's really good i actually just enjoy the shit out of almost every one of these podcasts that you do and i'm learning a lot too so yeah, that makes me
0: great. feel so good. I remember when you were texting me, you were texting me, and you literally just made my day. I was showing my phone. I was like, that is... Because when someone takes the time to really dive into something that you created, and what we're doing mm-hmm. to PASSO line here, I mean, you know, I truly believe it's very special, and I don't think we would have partnered up with each other if we both didn't believe that. So for someone like you, or when someone takes that time to really say, hey, and by the way, listen to this, this, like, oh my God, they really dove in, yeah. and it feels very satisfying. So well, you're, you're a compliment. I mean, a but great it, but deal. I,
1: what I like about it is you do... Um, You get the history, you get Gary Everly, and then you get like the new, you know, Turtle Rock, and you get Chris Cherry, and you're all over the map which I really like because it could be easier like you could just call the guy that gets the highest score today you know or whatever and so I really enjoy that part of it and this, this is, is great so many great personalities here oh my god too I mean that's what we always talk about the people I mean the people
0: here are just I mean it's really a fun recipe of it's,
1: it's really amazing I'm so incredibly grateful in my life that I found Paso not at all because of the people I found it because of the geology I found it because of it's going to make the best wine in the world it is complete serendipity that everybody is awesome and you talk to all these critics that you know that come in they say what you guys have in west pass robles is unknown in the world the camaraderie you know if we're up at york and if we have something break i can call anthony out and he'll help me a moment we're not competing we all recognize that a rising tide raises all boats unbelievably unusual i mean when i first got here you know we got a double wide trailer And put it out on the Paderewski. And all my buddies were all competing on who had the best double Y trailer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you know. That's my kind of people. That's my kind of people, too. That's funny, yeah. I'm the only person in the world that flies a private jet to his double Y trailer. <laughs> I love that. And, so, do you have uh, any
0: any new North Slopes and Are You looking at any other property to expand your vineyards or?
1: up uh, uh, yes, maybe. Really, um, would divulge uh, anything here? Uh, no. Well, I'm not really looking, but if it if the right opportunity came around, I would. Would you ever build on any other properties that just have vineyards and do something special there? I might do something at Catapult. You know, it's right there. You know, right by right next to our Booker and it's. You know, kind of. I mean, the, the one problem about Epic is it's a little off the beaten path. Uh-huh. You know, you got to find it. I've got to go to you know, it. Uh, you got to go to it. It would be easier if I was a little bit more into Main Street. Uh, and Anderson Road is turning into kind of Main and Main in this town, at least for West Pass. So that's a sexy uh, proposition for you. Uh, just a possibility of putting in kind of a uh, cute little tasting room and a small winery right there. and um, uh, Because you've got to uh, have the winery uh, next to it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you can't have you can't have just a tasting room. So right. You've got to have, you know, the... That's just the rules Uh and in the regulations. So So have you have you decided on that? you just kind of flirt with the idea. Flirting with the idea. Yeah, flirting with the idea.
0: Yeah, how did Georgie I, do yeah. in oh, the George interview? You did. did so good. Who knew you'd be a dog person? We did really good. Yeah, he's yeah. so cute. He well, I just so had cute. so much fun with you, Bill. This was such a great thank conversation. You, it was really great. Oh, awesome. I mean, Cheers, my man. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that block B. Yes. Your first 100 yes. point wine coming up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. You can thank Jordan for that. Give me that mm-hmm. sound.
2: We'll get by. we we'll all till the job is mm-hmm. out in the trees. It will simplify good company.
0: Wow. Much thanks to Bill Armstrong for the time and the conversation. Also, the introduction to James Prochet and for being a great example of why Paso is so great, so unique, and so special. Well, getting ready for spring release weekend. This weekend, so much going on. Make sure you hit up PasoWine.com if you're coming into town this weekend or any weekend for that matter. Also, follow them on Insta at Paso Wine. My gosh, what a show. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Passo Wine. Associate producer is Jen Bravo. Original music on Where Wine Takes You, Good Company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. I'm actually going to have them live in studio, and we're going to play that song in its entirety. They're going to play it live for us on the next show, so I'm excited about that. Where Wine Takes You is recorded, edited, produced by yours truly. You can follow me on Instagram with some pictures from the shows at Adam on the Air. Now, next time you are cruising the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My morning show, Up and Adam in the Morning, heard weekday mornings on Wine Country Radio, The Crush, 92.5. Also, The Cork Dorks and more, all there on The Crush, spelled with a K. We stream from anywhere, crush925.com. We also got a free app right in your smartphone. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Adam Montiel. Until next time that we connect, lift that glass up high. Here's to not only believing that unicorns exist, but believing they run in herds. Finding the wildcatter in you and enjoying every moment of it and where wine takes you. And give me that
2: moonshine, we'll get by, we'll pass on round till the job is done. Uh, Camp out in the trees, it will simplify and work comp. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we'll pass on round till the job is done. Uh, Camp out in the trees, it will simplify and work comp. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we'll pass on round till the job is done. Uh, Camp out in the trees who will simplify in good company. With that moonshine we'll get by, we pass all around till the job is dry. Camp out go. in the trees, who will simplify in good, good company. company.